Hello and welcome to The Specialist. I'm your host, Rob Barnard, and in this episode I'll be talking with the man who, arguably, has one of the biggest jobs in specialist lending, One Saving Bank's Group Managing Director of Mortgages and Savings, John Hall. The last 12 months or so have been really challenging for all of us in the UK mortgage industry, but hopefully with softening rates over the last few weeks, 2024 will see more opportunities for customers, brokers and of course lenders alike. So I'm looking forward to discussing this with John, also looking at how OSB's multi-branded proposition offers solutions right across the UK's specialist lending sector. I'll also be discussing how John sees the market moving and changing in the months and years ahead, while also getting to know just a little bit more about John, finding out what makes him tick, and also what keeps him awake at night, and how he manages to switch off from his life at the helm of one of the UK's largest specialist lenders. John, I really mean it when I say I'm absolutely delighted to have you on air with me today. Yeah, good afternoon, Rob. After after that intro, I'll uh, I'll see what I can do for you. Good. Well, before we sort of get into uh, discussing the many challenges the mortgage market currently faces, I really want to get to know a little bit more about you. So, I've done my prep and I've LinkedIn stalked you. You'd expect nothing less. I have to say, you really do have a sparkling CV, having worked for several massive and well-recognised brands. And of course, I had the pleasure of working for and with you for a couple of years. But tell me, come on, John, how did a qualified accountant get to be sat at the top of a leading UK mortgage lender? <laughs> well, it's a really good question, Rob. And, um, you know, I, I think, yes, Back, you know, back in my history, I am a I am a chartered accountant qualified with PwC a long time ago. Um, but it, but even from a from an accountant's perspective, from a finance perspective, I think you know you need to understand what makes a successful business by understanding it end to end. You need to understand your customers. You need to understand your distribution, obviously your product, um, and you need to know how it all kind of plays its way through to the to the numbers. Um, and I've always had a a desire to to kind of be close to. Um, you know how a business develops, thinking about you know business models and and strategies, etc. So always gone beyond the numbers um, to to understand the bigger picture. And then on a on a, on a very personal level, um, you know, kind of my my dad um, was a was a chartered accountant, um, was a was an FD. So at the point at which I become a CFO, it, it was really important for me to then go right. Okay, well, what pathway do I want to set? Well, you know, what do I want to look back on? From my own perspective, and and I and I wanted to kind of get that that broader the broader view. So I was I was fortunate enough to uh, run a building society and obviously um, be MD at, at Masthaven uh, when we went through and set up the bank. Um, and 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 that's what sits with me very naturally. I, I very much enjoy thinking about customer strategies and and distribution plans and and seeing how how it joins up end to end. Brill. And and I think I'm right in saying when I was looking on LinkedIn, you had a this couple of years. This is scary, Rob. You know, you, you know me long don't enough. Don't trust LinkedIn. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about Bermuda. Oh yes. Uh, oh wow. Okay. That 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 really are taking me back. So um, once I qualified, um, you know, uh, as as an accountant, I kind of everybody looks to the to the opportunities to go abroad, and I was lucky enough, as I say, within PwC, and there's a very good kind of secondment program, um, and I. I I picked um, Bermuda. Um, wow! You know, I, so a very tiny island, uh, twenty miles long, two miles wide, and I, I spent my time sitting on a, on a very small motorbike, popping <laughs> around it, um, and and was there for a couple of years. Um, great, great client base, actually. Um, very kind of insurance orientated, banking orientated. Um, 
you can get a little bit stir crazy on a, on a on a place as small as that can you believe and we only had one hurricane whilst i was there wow. so which we we kind of navigated well and it was just it's just one of those kind of moments that that you kind of from a personal perspective you kind of like to look at different experiences and I, and i always kind of i do work on the basis that says you know life is about building experience totally. and doing different things and um uh, and, and for two years, it, it was great fun. It was really, really good. So, come yeah. on then. Obviously, you look after now mortgages and savings yes. in your current role. Just bring to life for me, if you would, and, and our listeners, what a typical day in the life of John Hall looks like. And come on, be honest. We'll talk about them now. How often a day do you look at swaps? That's what rates. Well, I think before you start any of that, uh, for you, that you obviously know me well, Rob, um, it's got to start with a coffee. Um, and I, I'm kind of, you know, I've got, to, I've got to ingest a coffee before things get going. Um, I mean, clearly, the, the, the day starts pretty early um you know we're, we're we're good in terms of the rhythm of information that flows around a business um so so once i've had that coffee um you know you, you've got where where are the where are the numbers flowing through let's look at how the day how the day panned out the day before um from a lending and savings perspective let's let's look at what what the flow is doing um and we you know we refresh that view through the day i pick up the phone um you know with, with mr maloney um, you know, we'll we'll chat pretty much every day. What's going on? You know, in, in the market, what's the feedback? Um, you know, what 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 can I do to help him more? Um, similarly, across the rest of the team, I like to kind of talk to them um, on a, on a daily basis, just check in, see what's happening, um, and then then it all starts. You check the swap rates. <laughs> you know, they'll there they'll they come first through. look of the day. Yeah, the first look of the day. Um, you know, and 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 what's going on? We've got we you know we we do do quite a bit of good uh, analysis of of market movements as well. So we look at what's happening from that perspective, um, and, and then you know I'm, I guess I'm I'm lucky enough to have lots of different lending lending lines that kind of uh, I get to work with, which is fantastic. So you've got lots of different markets to think about um, and how they all come together, as well as the saving side as well. So a lot of it's kind of customer product proposition um, on a, on a daily basis. We we try to get into the rhythm of. Um, you know, I think, you know, probably you've, you've heard me talk about this before, the, the four pillars that I think yeah. are, a good business are built upon. So, you know, kind of, um, you know, leading intermediary relationships, touch on, touch on that with, with, with Adrian, excellence and experience, um, lending and saving clearly, um, and then obviously communicating at our best. So you're always thinking about how do you, you kind of move those, you know, move anything forward on a, on a daily basis that hits one of those kind of pillars. So come on, 2023 was undoubtedly a challenging year for everyone involved in the industry, wasn't it? I mean, how was it for you guys at OSB and, and what would you say were your biggest challenges last year? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, I mean, tw- 2022, I mean, you know, we, we kind of, um, you look back on it and, it and it was challenging in its own own right, you know, the, the mini the mini budget, um, that, that kind of volatility in the second half of the year. So I think, you know, from, from a 23 perspective, in a way, um, I know we started the year going. It would be like it'd be nice to be kind of almost boringly successful, <laughs> and and you know after twenty two, which was quite an upheaval. But but volumes across the market, you only have to look at UK finance numbers. You know they're they're kind of significantly down, um, more more so than I think we you know we predicted, and I think the market predicted they were going to be down, but they've been been lower than that. Um, I think again, you know you come back to the fact that we've got you know buy to let, we've got residential, commercial, semi commercial bridging. Uh, development finance, asset finance within the group. Um, it means that not all, you know, you've got certain parts of the market that have performed quite resiliently last year. Um, you know, so so although you know, in overall terms, the market's nearly fifty percent down on buy to let. You know, we've we've been less affected than that. Some of the opportunity on on parts of the residential market, the bridging market was very strong last yeah. year. 
Um, and with Precise, I think we've got one of the you know one of the most well-known, oh, well-regarded bridging uh, names in the in the market. And commercial and semi-commercial working with Interbay um, has been very strong, particularly semi-commercial. So I think you know property investors, if you look at that particular market first of all, they're they're kind of being very rational about where they do invest. You know, but nonetheless. You know, when when you think about the professional landlord market, which is where we we're orientated, they're still looking for activity. Um, that you know, they're taking on semi-commercial to work with their residential investment properties, and even going into commercial. So you're seeing much more diversified portfolios now within the property investor market, which has been very helpful. Unfortunately, you know, you 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 know, within the residential market, you've got to be able to help where there's a credit yeah. decision that's that's needed. And and you know, we've got Precise, which is you know, works on a, on a more kind of automated basis. Um, and you've got Kent Reliance that works manual. So, you know, and allows us to look at each and every case. So when you've got both of those opportunities in a, in a market where, you know, affordability is constrained, you know, there, there may well be some credit decisioning that's help that's needed in the background. You're able to help in, in, in those places as well. Yeah, I think when we published our, our kind of Q3 trading statement, you can see that there was a degree of momentum that we created even in a challenged year of 2023. Um, and, you know, and, and that certainly, you know, means that, you know, we're, we're kind of showing the value, I guess, of having um, lots of strings to your bow. And, and, the, and the thing that I've always said to Adrian, you know, you, we're very lucky um, to have, you know, 90 plus people within Adrian's sales team. Wow. Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> wow. I, I know. It's a number. Um, it, and, and, it, and it means that we can be very, very kind of proactive on the communication with intermediaries. Um, we put a lot of investment in service delivery at the back end of 22. We got caught out a bit in terms of how busy the markets were, how much customers wanted on both retention and on uh, new business to kind of, you know, um, come to us. And, and we had to put a lot more people into the, particularly the underwriting and servicing side. And that's paid fruit in terms of 23, in terms of a lot of confidence around SLAs, um, you know, you know, holding holding your pipeline pricing in 22 has helped us in 23 as well, um, in terms of perception from intermediaries, uh, and and Adrian's team have been very proactive both in terms of um, new business but also in terms of retention. So, you know, we now offer you know re retention products across all of our uh, proactively across all of our lending brands. Um, we do it directly through the intermediary. So if that's not a contradiction, um, you know, we let the intermediary know exactly what cases are coming up. So, so we can work with them on on what the the best offer is uh, for their for their customers. We're confident in our in our kind of proposition in that space. So, so we're quite happy to you know we think it's definitely as an intermediary lender, it's the right thing to work directly with with um, with the intermediaries on retention, and and that's helped you know kind of grow the business. Um, you know, gives gives confidence that intermediaries can come to us and, and know what they're going to get. And uh, and we're we're very accessible. We've invested in live chat. You know, remote BDMs as well as as well as the kind of field uh, BDM side. So, however, an intermediary wants to deal with us, we're we're there. We've dual branded the sales team, so we're kind of we're well set up to deal with uh, with the intermediary market. And I think that gives a lot of confidence. Totally, and and I think I think it's great to hear you talking about service. Something that I feel passionate about at, at Pepper our service. I, I, I try and break down that myth that people think going to a specialist lender means you have to accept second-class service and it's absolute nonsense um, so if you've not used a specialist lender please don't be afraid of doing so you, you touched on buy to let there and, and obviously that's that's been damaged or hit probably harder than, than the residential market um, and it's interesting to hear your view on how maybe diversification of, of landlords portfolios will happen but let's have a little look more 
more at the at the sort of residential space. I mean, you might be aware that Pepper's specialist lending study that we issued at the back end of last year um, suggests now that there might be as many as 15.16 million people in the UK that have some element of historic adverse. That, that doesn't mean a CCJ default. It can be a blip. It can be a missed credit card payment, something like that. Um, bearing that in mind, do you think the specialist market's going to grow over the coming months and years in the residential area. Yeah, um, it's Pepper's specialist lending study. Um, I actually think it's it's a really good piece of work, and uh, and I did share it internally as well with the team and say, look, make sure you read this. These are the these are the reasons. These are the reasons we are, why we're in lending. And when you when you start to kind of get the feedback from those customers that said, you know, you you've enabled me to do something that I couldn't have done, or you've re- helped me recover from a situation where. Um, you know, I, basically, I didn't think I had the opportunity. That's where specialist lending, you know, totally fits. Um, and I think when you when you then say from there, um, you know, that it's only going to get big, bigger and bigger. I mean, your your study, you know, obviously picks up on on difficult times, create difficult circumstances that people are going to start to navigate way, their way through. Um, and and again, you know, we 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 had that philosophy which which we have at, at OSP, which is different doesn't mean risky. You know, you just got to be able to accommodate the the level of of kind of difference and understand why it's there. Um, listen to the story and, and build up. And I think you know, increasingly, the larger lenders are still going to narrow down their risk appetite. I think more so. people are going to fall outside of what a lender really wants to be able to do on a straight through basis. Don't talk to anybody. Don't touch it. Um, and and that's where organisations like, like ours totally um, kind of fit in. And so I think it's always a difficult market to measure. Um, in terms of, you know, you, you kind of, if you try and really measure it, it looks, you know, it may well be 20, 30 billion of, of gross lending on an annual basis, but I think the number could be three, four, five times that. It depends what you class as yeah. it, doesn't it? Buy to let could be classed as specialist. Yeah. Dolphin is. So, so, so it is. It so is. so I, I'm, you know, I think, um, you know, we, we've always got to think about how we do use technology to deliver a service. Yep. to deliver a decision, to to explain a decision, to be clear in, in, in our messaging. Um, I do think probably even you know the accelerated use of technology is going to is going to happen, but you've got to deliver it with a with a very clear um, understanding of who you who your customers are, um, and and not everybody needs a, a, a self service or a, an automated nope. decision or a quick decision. You know, somebody wants to wants the opportunity to talk somebody explain what their circumstances are um, and that's where you know a specialist lender can fit in alongside of that as well i I think you're exactly right in what you say or i agree agree with your comments i think one thing the industry's missed probably over the last 18 months is the big high street lenders pipeline building because they've not been able to do so Um, i think we're not too far away from that starting to happen rates are softening and we'll come on to that in a second but i still think and i think you touched on this that that when they start to pipeline build they might be just that little bit more selective of the type of business they want to take and I think that's where we we come in. Um, just because we're specialists doesn't mean we're adverse. I think if you look at the amount of adverse business we actually take, it's small. The majority of it is just complex or high street says no. So it's interesting. So we, we've, we've spent the last few years, I don't know if you agree, in, in a bubble of, of almost very, very low rates right across the whole industry. Now that bubble's obviously burst. Rates seem to be stabilising, but they're going to stabilise at a higher level than we've seen for, for quite con- some considerable time. I mean, we've seen rates softening over, over the last few weeks. I mean, but do you think we'll see rates continuing to drop? over the next sort of 12 to 18 months and, and what are OSB for example doing to help customers that maybe have been negatively affected by these higher rates? So I think if you if you take the rate environment at the moment I mean I think we, we've we've kind of naturalized at a level haven't we I think um, you know I think if you go back to pre-2008 where base rate is now is not unusual yep. 
Um, you know, for, so from that perspective, I think what was unusual was the, the 2008 to 2022 period. Um, and and we've, we've all got used to that kind of low rate environment. Um, I think the difficulty having the other, my other hat on was from a savings perspective, there really wasn't a return to people or a motivation to people to save money because yeah. um, they just didn't get any value from it. So all of the value kind of went went towards the lending side. So we've seen a much more kind of, if it's like a seesaw, we kind of, you know, it's naturalized, naturalizing itself out at the moment. Um, I mean, clearly, talk about swap rates. They're now kind of, you know, they're, they're kind of gone back up a little bit over the last few days. Yeah. But, you know, I, get, I guess we're looking at levels that are, are, are kind of more long-term norm, um, looking and looking earlier than, than kind of 2008 and so that those are the the levels that we've got to try and kind of navigate around you, know, you you've got to be consistent in your pricing i think you know consumer duty has really helped because when you're thinking about um you know pricing for reverting business and front book business you've got to make sure that um that all of that kind of stacks up from a fair value perspective which i think is great um you know it it again delivers a bit of confidence to a consumer and to an intermediary that says you know there's no kind of you know no no kind of um advantage being taken at the you know from a back book perspective on a reversion so so things are kind of more equalized um and and i think then you've also got to look at you know holding pipeline rates which you know particularly at the moment it's been less of an issue when rates have been shifting back down but you think back to the end of 2022 when rates were going up considerably you know having lenders that were are you know, consistent on honouring pipeline rates is really important. Totally. So, so in a way, you've got to be fair on the way up. You've got to be also, yeah. you know, considered on the way down, and and make sure that, you know, you're providing a good a good and consistent pricing strategy, kind of in in both on both sides. Uh, and we've we've done that. Um, so, you know, we've held held our prices when rates were going up. We've followed market down as swap rates have come down as well on both front and back book, which I think is important. Totally. Um, and, so, I, and I think there's always going to be people that fall outside of, yeah. of that. Um, and have, so being able to give people good financial support, access to, to kind of servicing and, um, you know, and, and having a, a, a place where people can, can kind of talk to and around affordability pressures is, re is really critical. Yeah, and again, totally. consumer duty kind of, you know, focus on vulnerability is, is particularly key. Consumer duty here is going to be, you've seen my notes, you, you, you're trailing this quite <laughs> nicely here, but I think consumer duty has been a hot topic, hasn't it, for the last, I don't know, two or three years. I mean, you've, you've touched on some of the changes there. What, what else you've, are you doing at OSB to sort of um, fully embrace consumer duty? Um, I mean, interesting enough, you know, um, had, a new, had a new joiner join the team, my team, today um so Ke kelly arles has joined as customer and consumer duty director as a direct go. report to me i mean that that of itself means that you know she she will have the optics across the whole organization that says um you know how how are we performing against our target customer base and 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 really hold hold the organization to account in that respect um so i think that side of things is, is really really important as well um is is kind of demonstrating that you know that you've got the whole organization joined up from an end-to-end -end perspective i think i think you sum up exactly an, an industry colleague and friend of mine sums it up in three words consumer duty data document do well he's done it better or she's done it better than i have because i think that's that's <laughs> yeah. that sums it up beautifully but it, but it yeah. dovetailed great with what you were saying there but being a numbers man that's obviously runs through your veins but you, your current role as you've explained now runs much wider than that what's the best bit of your job whether it's you know whether it's you know meeting the underwriting teams or whether it's spending time in you know with my own direct reports or elsewhere i really it's that that personal engagement that i really value oh, that's brilliant i i also know that you're keen on giving back 
you're involved in a few charities, I think, supporting a wide range of, of charities, which is brilliant. And I think I'm right in saying you recently rode 183 miles from Paris to Sittingbourne. Mm-hmm. Presumably that's linked into Kent and, and where one of the branches were or whatever. And I think you raised over £6,000 for a great charitable cause. So well done for that. And what's the motivation behind it? Yeah, so um, in Kent, one of the charities that we work with is Demelza. Um, and Demelza kind of uh, basically hospice and, and care wow. for for you know for children um and so you know they can't they can't be a more kind of uh, worthy worthy place to kind of put your efforts started in paris so it started with a big celebration in front of the eiffel tower then you had to do the hard <laughs> do work. The work um and and cycle back two days of, of lovely cycling in paris and then one day of not so nice cycling across the south of england um, and ending up in 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 sitting born in kent glorious but during the, the weather was rubbish as well and i think that the good the lucky thing that I have from my perspective is I was pretty confident that um, I wasn't confident in my own ability to do this. So this was about proving to myself that you can do this. Um, but I was confident that, you know, that, you know, the team, um, the intermediaries that we work with, you know, I, I could I, we are within the mortgage sector, I believe, a very generous group oh, totally. of people. Um, so you put your effort into it, you get your organisation right, you put the message out there to, to you know, to our kind of intermediary partners um, and, and you watch the funding and support come back in. Yeah, and the, and, and it, it, it really is gratifying to know with confidence that, that you're going to raise a decent amount of money. So the, the ride itself, I think there's about 30 people on it. We raised about 63 grand. We raised 10 um, between, you know, there was myself and, and Christina, one of the branch managers um, in Canterbury. Um, and between us, we raised we raised ten thousand pounds, and and it it was just you know it was a really you know really gratifying, and, and what you know on the way back, or even on the ferry, people are coming up to us in our Demelza jerseys and recognising the work that that charity had done. Um, so I think again, that's where you 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 kind of prove a bit to to yourself. Um, yeah. But I, I w- the good thing is I was confident that that everybody would get behind me and and it would be worthwhile and it uh, it wasn't not noticed so well done well done on that it's been great just chewing the fat with you over the shape of the market and the challenges we all faced last year and if we're honest with ourselves we'll continue to face this year specialist lenders like pepper and osb offer so many great solutions to an underserved sector of the market and following our chat it's clear to see the individual roles that precise kent reliance and interbay play within that space they're all established and very well respected brands each bringing something slightly different to the party. Specialist lending is a part of the market that is only going to grow in the coming months and years and it's reassuring to know with people like John Hall at the helm of one of the leading players, the specialist lending sector is in really good hands. And of course a big thank you also goes out to you our listeners. If you love the content today then let us know on social using our hashtag, hashtag Pepper Specialist Podcast and of course hit follow to get notified when our next episode releases. John, thanks very much indeed. Thanks Rob.